0: personality creates
1: your personal reality. Authentic power is when your personality comes to serve the energy of your soul. The truth is the body is one ecosystem. You can get to the root cause and everything goes away. Thank you for tuning in to the Reconditioned podcast. I'm Lauren Vaknin, I'm a health writer and holistic wellness coach. And my own journey from disability to remission taught me that wellness through a mind-body approach can take time when we don't know where to begin. And that's why I created this podcast, to bring you the answers to all your well-being questions in the most accessible way possible. Whether you're suffering from chronic illness, raising children in a world of conflicting information, or you simply want to feel empowered and motivated to become the best version of yourself, join me along with expert guests as we uncover the most actionable ways to recondition ourselves back to wellness. This episode of Reconditioned is sponsored by Mega Home Water Distillers, the most reliable and efficient home drinking water distiller. Mega Home are kindly offering listeners of the Reconditioned podcast a 5% discount. Just use the code Condition5 at checkout. That's C O N D I T I O N 5. Thank you to Mega Home. Hi everyone, thank you for being here uh, with me on Reconditioned with Lauren Vaknin. Today's episode was really special, it's with a very close friend of mine called Karina Grant. She is an energy healer and it's hard to put into words how special this woman is and what she's done for my life. In terms of her friendship and her, her, she's a true spiritual being And being in her presence does something to you. And I really wanted to get her on the show to talk about all the healing modalities she practices and healing modalities that are available because it is something that I get asked often and this was her area of expertise. And it was really amazing talking to her in this way because we are good friends and we talk a lot but it was really nice kind of delving into her work in that depth. Now I do want to preface it and say that I am still suffering from this trigeminal neuralgia but I have decided to take a new approach based on everything I'm learning about the psychosomatic element of pain. I'm following um, some really incredible mentors like Nicole Sachs who's, if you suffer from chronic pain, she's got a podcast called The Cure for Chronic Pain, it's brilliant and I'm using the Curable app uh, which is also amazing, and uh, Doctor John Sarno's books, and it's all really helping. But one of the things they talk about is releasing yourself from the fear, and I have realised that the biggest aspect of this for me is the fear that it's going to come back, the fear that it's going to come on. And the thing is, is I'm working through it, and I truly believe I'm going to beat this. But I had the option of take to my bed every time I have an episode, you know, a flare up with it, which at the moment is kind of happening quite often, or and then, and then I have to cancel all my podcast episodes that I've had scheduled and I have to cancel everything I've got going on. It's just not practical and I don't want to do that. So the other option was you live through it and you allow the pain to come, but you carry on your life. Don't fear the pain. So the reason I wanted to preface that was because I was experiencing a bit of pain on and off. I was having these little episodes that kind of feel like nerve attacks in my face when I was talking to Karina. And so I had to pause a few times and I also feel like I sounded a bit more flat than usual which is just because I was trying not to open my mouth as much as I usually would when I speak. So if you notice that, I promise you it's not because I was miserable. I enjoyed being in, with Karina and recording and talking about all this stuff so much I just had to kind of tone down the way I talk. And you know what, guys, this is reality. This is my reality of you know overcoming a lifetime of an autoimmune disease and the things that it's left behind and the things that have been triggered because of it. So this is part of my journey and part of what led me to do this podcast and to do the work I do and to be immersed in the world of alternative health and natural health. And this is the reality. So I could sit there and pretend that everything's perfect all the time and I've, you know, quote unquote, quite made myself healthy. But that's not the reality of it. I have overcome being disabled. But in the wake of an autoimmune disease, a lot of stuff was left over. And I'm still picking up the pieces. I'm still managing that on a day-to-day basis. And I just thought I wanted to preface that in this episode so you guys can really understand what that means for me. And not just think that I kind of come to these episodes fully prepared, healthy, feeling great. Sometimes I don't, and I just the, the choice was record and carry on or just cancel every time I have some pain. And I don't want to do that, so I'm now speaking to my guests beforehand, explaining the situation if I have to pause. And everyone's super, you know, um, receptive to that and understanding of that, and so I hope you will be too. And like I said, if I feel a little bit, if it, if it seems that I feel that I sound a little bit flat as I'm recording, I'm not. It's just me trying not to open my mouth so much, um, which some might say is a good thing. So, either way, I Karina has so much to offer, so the episode You Will Come Away having learned a lot about healing and the types of healing she does and why they are so incredible and powerful and impactful and about how you can implement them into your lives and all the information about her is in there as well obviously and of course in the show notes so thank you for listening of course as always if you enjoy this please share with friends please like follow subscribe on um, Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, because it really helps other people find the show as well. Share with friends. My favourite podcasts, the ones that friends have told me about. You know, just word of mouth. And of course, follow me on Instagram. I'm at Lauren Vacnine. So without further ado, here is Karina. Grant attended her first Louise Hay seminar, age 12, alongside her family, who were all advocates of self-development. At 24, after attending one of the infamous Tony Robbins seminars, she was opened up to the idea that the mind could also control pain, when she walked on hot coals without feeling a thing. From there, a seed was sown and she began her mind-body journey. During her father's battle with Parkinson's, Karina saw the profound impact energy healing had on him, and began training in many different therapeutic modalities and seeking out the most powerful energy healing methods available in order to help others. Karina has since qualified in many of these modalities, including Quantum Touch, for which she subsequently became an instructor and mentor, Bioenergy, Reiki, and is delighted to have more recently launched Permissioning and Transformation, where she takes workshops all around Europe. She works with nurses, healthcare practitioners, public health advisors, research scientists, charities, CEOs, and individuals. Karina's business, Hai Chi Integrated Health Institute, offers powerful resources to facilitate balance and wellness, and now even has its own meditation app. And luckily for me, I am fortunate enough to be able to call her a friend. So thank you for being here with your very, very beautiful energy.
0: Oh, thank you. I'm very happy to be here.
1: So the reason I asked you to come on the show is because you're not just a friend to me, you're somewhat a mentor. If I'm ever in a pickle or I'm stressed, you offer the most simplistic but profound advice and it just always resonates. And this is because you're a rare, authentic healer. And I get asked often about healing modalities and this really is your area of expertise so I thought you could offer some great insights into healing modalities are available and selfishly it's also just another excuse to be in your presence for an hour. So before we dive into the individual modalities that you practice and teach I really enjoy hearing about people's journeys and how they got there because with someone who's done as much as you have looking on it can seem as though people like that have it all together and it's always come easily but I think that's rarely the case so It might be nice for my listeners to hear about how your journey into integrated health started for you.
0: Okay, Um, well, I'll just begin by saying I was very blessed to have grown up in an open-minded household. So my parents took me on breathwork workshops when I was uh, 12 or 13, which was, at the time, um, I kind of, I just went along with it, you know, it wasn't something that my friends were doing um and I was almost a bit kind of embarrassed at the time to tell people that's what I was doing it was only later on that I was grateful for having been given that kind of introduction to life really to be exposed to um people's work like Louise Hay and things like rebirthing and all these wonderful um modalities of that time really in the 80s and the 90s and um then my parents uh, bought me a ticket to Tony Robbins' seminar and he is, uh, you, you probably know his work well, but he's hes a really amazing uh, personal development coach and on the UPW workshop I went with Simon, who's my husband, and uh, I remember Tony saying, we have the ability to create a field of energy around us which will can prevent us from feeling pain and it was like I, I just thought wow that that's incredible I'd never really heard that before in such a direct said in such a direct way but okay let's see if this works and and it worked and and that was a massive moment for me of well, what else can we do you know what else can the mind do and it just became an area of interest but nothing it wasn't my whole life it was just an area of interest and then In 2005, my father was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Um, Actually, he was diagnosed with MSA, which is a much more extreme form of Parkinson's. It's very fast, it's very aggressive. Um, And when that happened, my mum, you know, everybody was very stressed out in the house. And I just remember thinking and saying to my mum, there must be something, you know, we've got all all this background knowledge and she him on a very good diet and things like that but I looked onto Google my first instinct was just to type in energy healing or healing I think I put in and the first thing that came up literally in the first three Google searches was something called quantum touch I'd never heard of it before Um, but it looked like exactly what I wanted which was a healing modality that was you didn't have to be attuned to you didn't have to have any particular belief system, anyone could do it, you didn't need to be initiated. I just literally wanted something really grounded, really down to earth that I could help my dad with. And it, it kind of seemed like that's what it was. So I went along the next day to a workshop and <laughs> and I, I dragged Simon with me. Um, what a willing <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> but he came for the support. Um and it was, I have to say, I didn't feel any energy in the first instance, but I went along with it because I kind of understood the principles. And then I left the workshop and I went home and I said to my dad, my dad was a very spiritual person. He was um, extremely open and very, very on, you know, on the path. I said to him, I've learned some techniques. I don't know whether they can help or not, but should we give it a go? And he said, sure. And so I started to run the energy which is basically means just getting the energy flowing and put my hands on him and did everything I was taught to do in the workshop which is really using the breath and visualization and very specific techniques to raise your energy to a very high level and then the other person starts to mirror or entrain to that and then It's like a reminder to their body to go back into a state of flow. So there's nothing particularly uh, difficult to understand about it. It's actually really simplistic. And I started to work on him. And one of the symptoms of uh, MSA or Parkinson's is that someone's spine is really hunched over, um, really, like, really forward. And after about 45 minutes or an hour or something, he started to straighten up, and it wasn't just that. It was like the grey colour in his face started to just change back into rosy cheeks. It was like, it was like, just life had been coloured back into his face. You know that that kind of nice rosy cheek colour, rather than this really dull grey colour skin. And he sat up straight. And he felt really energized and he walked completely straight across the room. And we just, my mum and he and I were amazed. And my mum said, What are you doing? This is crazy. And I said, I I honestly, genuinely have no idea what I'm doing. I've just learned these techniques and I'm giving them a go. And from that point, we decided I would learn everything I could about quantum touch, about energy healing. And I just went on this fast-track journey. It was quite an intense way to start. Um, you know, some people come in with a bit of curiosity, but I just went in full oh, power. Oh, yeah,
1: like that as well. Just do it. Once like, you know you want to do something just and full it power. feels right, it's like, yeah, just do it all. Just do
0: it. So I worked on him a few times a week for several months, and he really um, had so many benefits from it. And after a few months, um, he went back to his consultant and he was told, you don't have MSA, you yeah. just have mild Parkinson's. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we've made a mistake. <laughs> so, and MSA is very quick. If someone has MSA, they, they have it uh, for you know, a few months and then it's a quick journey. And he didn't. He didn't have that. He also didn't have many of the Parkinson's symptoms like tremors things like that so we really saw firsthand how incredible it could be and that just really piqued my interest to see well does it is it a connection between my dad and I or is this going to work for other people as well and so I just worked on lots of people and learned every course I could and read everything I could about it and just saw that this is not anything particularly... This is not wild and out there and completely um, away with the fairies. This is really, really based on scientific principles that are easy to understand easy to learn. And then I became um, an instructor, and I decided I really wanted everybody to learn it because it is easy. And it's just something that makes... A lot of difference to people's lives. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. Mm. Um, a really significant amount of the time, and therefore it's something I felt that I wanted to share with others, and so that was the beginning of the journey, basically.
1: Can you talk us through the scientific principles? Yeah. Because I think people enjoy hearing that, to understand yeah. that it's not a Definitely. way with the varies. Whatever that means.
0: <laughs> I know, whatever that means. So... In terms of the scientific principles, we all are resonating at a frequency and I think probably a lot of people that are listening to this will have heard the word resonance before. So things of a similar nature will always harmonise. So that can be, if we look at animals in nature, if you hear crickets, they're all making their, their cricketing sound together or women who share a house will often get their periods after a couple of months, they'll harmonise, and that's, that's biological entrainment. And so we tend to come together and harmonise, and we see that a lot with animals in nature, how they'll move together and they'll make sounds together. And the way that it works is that either the lower frequency will come up to the higher frequency, or the reverse. Mm. The higher frequency will come down to the lower frequency, or the third option is they'll meet in the middle and that means things will come together and harmonize so an easier way to explain that is social entrainment for for us more so uh, easier to understand with animals meaning if you've ever been to a party or a gathering and someone comes in the room and they don't have to say anything but they have a really happy um energy Mm. The really high energy. And other people start to entrain to that. Mm. So that's the scientific principle is entrainment. So they start to entrain to that energy. They start to come up to it. And on the flip side, if you've ever been around someone who's really low, mm. it's a really strong dominant energy. Yeah. So they don't have to say anything, but everybody else in the room will come down to that energy. Yeah. Because that is that's the scientific principles of resonance and entrainment and you can see them everywhere. You can see these these principles literally everywhere. So um grandfather clocks against a wall. It if you put them if you brought them all into the room, they would be ticking independently. And after a few days, they would start to tick together.
1: Really? Yeah,
0: because the sound waves would transfer through the wall. Wow. And they would resonate. So this is this is resonance. Oh, I love
1: this.
0: So it's it's really simple to understand, right? It's not So all we're working with is resonance and entrainment, these two principles. Um, Another example, not such a nice one, but so uh, one example that we we talk about in the workshops is that in a laboratory setting, disembodied animal hearts that I know it's horrible, uh, they'll come in, they'll beat independently. But after a, a few days, they will beat as one. Yeah, they'll beat at the same and, the, and and the other example, wow. the most powerful example, is new mother and baby. Mm, yeah. Resonance and entrainment. The baby can be in another room. And the mother
1: knows when it needs something. Yeah. I remember that with breastfeeding. My That's breast the perfect example. When the baby would need milk, even if I didn't hear them crying.
0: Or... Even if you were out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So based on that being how we are wired... Um, if I use techniques to bring my energy up to a really high level in a healing session and I'm with someone else, they will start to entrain to that energy, which will make, which will basically remind their immune system or their own innate healing mechanism to kick in. And then their body does its own healing. So in quantum touch, we never say we heal anyone else. Mm. Um, in the same way that you can't digest someone else's food for them, it's their body doing it. Um, all we're doing is creating a space that allows their body to come up to a higher level of energy and then do its own. It knows exactly what to do to go back into alignment. So, those are the scientific principles. And because of that, because it's one of those modalities that doesn't, that really explains things just very simply, it's literally resonance and entrainment it has attracted a lot of interest from medical professionals Mm -hmm. and so I found early on from literally the second or third workshop that I was teaching that I was getting nurses predominantly coming on the workshops who wanted something to help themselves to navigate through an intense such an intense job but also you know they're nurses for a reason they they love to care. Mm. And in the beginning when I started teaching in two thousand and seven, it would be much more under the radar. They would say, Yes, I love it and I use it in my life. I would never I'd never use it or I'd never tell anyone that at work, you know. Mm. Now it's not like that. Really? It's, yeah.
1: You think people are becoming more open?
0: hmm Yeah.
1: It's good to know.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I've had a fair amount of scientists, um, doctors, nurses, Coming on the workshops and really enjoying it, really getting a huge amount out of it um, for their own lives. You know, it's it's because it's actually a very simple set of techniques.
1: So it's a way for people themselves to help themselves relax yeah. and yeah, be in a state of healing and
0: literally stimulate your <laughs> own um, immune system. Yeah, yeah and relax.
1: What I wanted to ask was how often were you treating your dad to see those results? Was it daily?
0: No, it was about three times a week. Wow. Yeah, um, because the longer something has been in in the body, sometimes it needs a bit more mm. to help it to to shift. Not always, but uh, I was I sort of went for it quite intensely.
1: Yeah. Well, wow, that's so interesting. So when you go in to train others, what do you have to do to prepare yourself in order to, because you were saying about resonance, mm. now obviously there might be some people coming in whose energies might be on, like you say, the lower end. How do you prepare yourself to not take that into your own energy?
0: That's a great question.
1: So I always begin
0: each workshop with a prayer and intention and um, And I have specific techniques that I use from something else I teach called permissioning and transformation, which really directly addresses protecting the energy field, Mm. Um, or really more so, rather than the word protecting, more so just strengthening the energy field so that you are feeling your own energy more so than everyone else, because... You know, it, it can be you've got a big room full of lots of people. Obviously, there's a lot of things happening. Mm. But then what happens after a while, usually after about an hour, is when everyone gets in their own flow of their own breath and everything, it tends to even out in the room anyway. Mm. So. Is it an
1: effort for you sometimes to keep your energy where you need it to be, when depending t- on how many people are in the room and what their energies are like? Because I'm very much affected by other people's energies, so sometimes... I will feel my energy dipping to mirror other people. And then I realise that and I think, okay, bring myself back mm. up to what I feel is, you know, the right equilibrium for me.
0: Mm. I don't find that in workshops because generally people that are there, mm. the majority of the people will will come in quite open and excited. Mm. And so if there are a couple of lower vibrations in the room, they will be
1: They'll be evened out. Evened
0: out. Um, I'd be more inclined to find that in a shopping centre.
1: Right, yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. We were together last night because we had a very lovely ladies' evening. um, Which actually is a very good example of Mm. raising vibrations Mm. because that's what we kind of all did and the energy was so high and beautiful. You said something about yourself in your introduction that I just love about you having to, you operate so much in the alternative world that you find it an effort sometimes (laughs) to um, bring yourself back and adapt to the mainstream world. I'd like you to open that up a bit because I love that. I love that about you. When our mutual friend introduced us a few years ago, That's what she said to me. You know, Corinne is this amazing spiritual being. You'll never meet anyone like her. But because she's so spiritual and she operates on such a high spiritual level, she almost can't operate on a human level with certain things. And now (laughs) we've been friends for long enough. I have seen that in action. But I love that about you. And I want you to explain that from your point of view because I think it's amazing.
0: That's so funny. Um... I think that is basically that what well, I know what she meant was on a practical level. Yes, a practical on a very level. practical day-to-day level, you know. Um
1: like the banalities of human life.
0: Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Because I'm spending a lot of my day working with people online and we're t- we're talking about amazing subjects and we're working with healing and we're doing the the breathing and all of these things and it's it's almost like you're in an you know you're you are in an alternative sphere and then for me going back out into you know my my work is not nine to five working with practical things in an office and all of that and I did that years ago and I really enjoyed it Only the the social aspect mainly, but um, for me, sometimes coming out of my work mode into, um, you know, into daily kind of practice, yeah, Yeah. is uh, I have to sort of uh, I have to ground myself more and say, okay, yeah, you know, back to reality. That's just for this moment.
1: Yeah, I think that's Mm. just an example generally of resonance, right? Because I don't think that's just you, but it, it is an example of resonance in that. That's how you're operating because of what you're specifically focusing on, which is energy and healing. But if I'm immersed in writing and I have to pull myself away to go and pick up the kids or do the food shop, it, also I'm not there. I'm not fully mm. there. Right? So mm. that, is that resonance in action, would you say?
0: Yes, definitely. It's intense focus on something else. So it kind of pulls you away a bit. Um but still, it's good practice.
1: Yeah. So I really want to talk about permissioning and transformation okay. because you have kindly um, imparted that on me, and it's been amazing. But before we do, I just want to go back in your mm. journey. What was it like to be in a Louise Hay seminar? Number one, meeting such an amazing person as Louise Hay, but also so young. You were twelve. Mm.
0: Well, so I didn't actually meet Louise. It was one of her. Te- it was her teachers that came to the UK and were teaching her work. And it was incredible. It was really, really incredible. It was a, it was a special time. It was actually, yeah. you know, pre, pre-social media, pre-internet. I can
1: imagine. I, I, I see some videos on YouTube of that, like, 80s. I, I don't... Just anyone emerging in that time, Tony Robbins and Louise Hay, it was very special because well, it was new and it was authentic.
0: It was very authentic. And, you know, my dad was very much into A Course in Miracles and all this oh. kind of stuff and it was a movement it was a big movement of that time I was and the people who's who were involved and who were learning all these incredible techniques and just really about um law of attraction and manifesting and opening the heart they just brought their kids along
1: yeah
0: and so we were just we were just there just hanging out how
1: nice how nice to grow up like
0: that I yeah I feel very very blessed very blessed because it was for me the quantum touch all it did was put into a practical way for healing everything I kind of had been raised with all the principles are the same Yeah, it's just it made it practical and a way to apply it for physical
1: healing and sometimes when you've been raised with something you don't appreciate it because Mm. it's just part of life so Mm. I know that happened with me my parents had you know taken me to homeopaths and I always joke that my parents took me to spiritual healers before they took me to Mm. conventional doctors you know when I was diagnosed when I was really young and but because of that when I grew up and I got really really sick when I was like 17 18 I thought oh well obviously the homeopathy didn't work and none of this is gonna you know I'm gonna do what the doctors are telling me because I'm an adult and so I did and became very very sick but I kind of needed that to show me what all mm. the healing modalities that my parents had felt so strongly about had done for me to strengthen my body over the years you know and I got sick yes but compared to some of the other kids who I grew up with it was so manageable until that time and just I kept going downhill there are many reasons for that obviously but yeah I think when you grow up with something it's really hard to fully appreciate it until you become a grown-up yourself and can implement those things into your life and see how they work for you, not because they've been told, because you've been told to do it, yeah. but because it's in your heart now.
0: Totally. Mm. Totally.
1: So let's talk about permissioning and transformation. Mm. Okay. S- and, I, and the whole journey to getting there. I yeah.
0: Love that. Okay. So on the second Quantum Touch workshop I ever taught, uh, somebody came, attended the workshop called Kay, Kay Lee. Um, he's from Malaysia. And I pretty much knew when I met him that he was he was going to be a big teacher. And all of us in the group were quite fascinated by him. He he clearly had these really incredible talents and abilities. He had just finished a double degree at Cambridge and was just a total genius and um had really, really strong mind abilities and psychic abilities. And there's a there's a modality called photo reading, which is where you can learn to read to take in information from books and straight into the subconscious and train your mind to um, literally read pages as a photo and he had he he was at that time their poster boy because he'd uh, completed a degree at Cambridge using the photo reading techniques oh, wow. and just yeah he, he's just total genius basically and he came in and he he was there just for the curiosity and to meet like-minded people um but really he he basically became a big teacher for me um and a mentor over the years and then I'd say in about yeah in two thousand and sixteen, he was already by that point back in Malaysia for several years. He mm-hmm. emailed me and said i've I've got something um really potent to teach you a set of techniques which I think you're gonna really like and at that time, I was overdue with my second baby. Um, by like 13 days and it was getting to be quite stressful um, and I he taught me over email these techniques and I used them and I went into this instant state of deep deep peace that I had never experienced before in all the years wow. of doing the healing work and I said to him wow this is something else but uh, I'm literally literally about to have a baby so I kind of I used it, it took me into deep space of calm Um I did end up having the birth that I wanted, it was all wonderful. And I, after that, used it here and there, but I was too deeply immersed in in having a new baby. And some time after that, I picked it back up and decided to start using it again as a daily practice and really felt that it took me into a space of deep peace, deep, deep peace, and opened up the belief space, created enough space in the mind to bring in new perspectives and to really start creating new realities by changing beliefs very, very subtly. So I thought, I'm going to play with this with clients and see how it goes and what what we can work with. And the results have been, from from the get-go, were incredible. Literally working with people with subjects I would never have really taken on before because it wasn't my realm um working with people with deep depression um working with people I've worked now with a lot of people who are stressed about having a a late birth for some reason I, I after that attracted quite a few mothers who heard about it and contacted me and said I'm really overdue and I'm very stressed I'm very scared and I've heard you've about what you teach or whatever so I've worked with um overdue mothers and babies with incredible results, truly beautiful um, results and all kinds of things really. And on the second, was it the first, no, on the first workshop I taught, the permissioning workshop, I happened to have a senior nurse from uh, St. Thomas's in London on the workshop. And she went back, used the techniques Just didn't tell anyone what she was doing and after a few weeks her manager at work said to her what are you doing differently why are you so calm (laughs) all the time in situations that used to really stress you out and so she told her I've learned these techniques and and her manager said well whatever you're doing is really incredible I'd like you to um, write those down as your CPD points York because every nurses have to update their uh continual professional development points every three years I think it is so she said I want this to count for CPD points because it's cl- you've clearly learned something that is transferring at work wow. um she'd never taken the workshop and this uh, Yasmin the nurse said to me this is unheard of you don't just uh, accredit something that you've never heard of for CPD points for nurses and wow. midwifery you know, unless someone's really can clearly visibly see how effective it is, and she so every door with this modality has opened itself like that, really incredibly. And it's just been it's been an amazing journey with it. So now people are hearing about it. During uh lockdown, I did at the very beginning of lockdown, I worked with people um who are on the front line just helping with fears and just really teaching people to get into a space of calm and neutrality to allow you know all the the condensed stuck thoughts to create space to pass and so for the permissioning and transformation it really it could be you could describe it as stress relief you could describe it as something a lot deeper it's it's um it's wonderful. So that's something I'm now doing a lot with.
1: Can you talk a bit more about it practically, like what it actually is, so people can understand what they would be doing? Sort of. In a yeah. roundabout way. Round- because I know it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's deep and it, it's. Uh, well. It's not deep. It's um. There's a lot to it.
0: There's so there's three aspects of permissioning and transformation. There's pathways, processes, and protocols. And the pathways and processes we teach in the in the longer two day workshops, which go more deeply into um, resetting subconscious beliefs and doing much deeper processes, which take place over a longer period of time to to really you know work on the deeper layers. But then we have something called protocols, which are mainly what I use with clients because it it is easy to learn, quick to learn and provides quick relief and release. So the techniques are I'm not going to go into the techniques because it would it would not do it justice and I would also get in trouble for that. Um, <laughs> but really it is very much about uh, it's called permissioning and transformation. So the key word is is permission, so it's really about overcoming, any resistance because when we try to force ourselves to take on a belief that we know isn't real like when someone's unwell and they're trying to convince themselves I am well I am well I am well and it can work it it definitely can work affirmations you know are, are are a wonderful thing but in order for them to work somebody's mind has to first be peaceful now often in order to accept it the mind has to You can't use an affirmation when you're in a frenzied state and expect it to work because it will only create more resistance. So often when somebody needs an affirmation, if they're reaching really deeply for a new belief, it's because they're in a state of stress. So they won't be in that calm state. For an affirmation to really sit and be absorbed, you have to use it when you are in a deep state. So what permissioning does is it automatically guides you to that state of deep peace. And only then you will, you will shortcut straight in because your mind can accept it. There's no resistance because mm. you're in that, that deep state of relaxation. And when we, use, when we work with the permissioning, it is not affirmations. It is a different thing because we are using, we're giving ourselves permission to do something or not to do something and there are so it is such a it seems very simplistic the protocols and on the surface it is but very typical to k uh who created it there are so many hidden things embedded within it that make it successful so many subtleties that bypass um all the resistance the mind can create right that it um it just opens, it opens doors. So it could be, I mean, I had a client who was about to have an endoscopy and she had immense fear of the whole process. And so I taught her the techniques and how to go in giving herself permission to actually have a, have a, a peaceful experience. And she phoned me afterwards and she said, the, um, the medical team that, that were there said they had never had anybody go in so relaxed (laughs) to a procedure and they thought I was on a Valium.
1: Oh my God. She
0: said they, when I went went in and sat down, they said, Oh good. You've taken something to calm yourself. (laughs) You've taken a Valium or whatever. And and she said, no, I haven't. And she, yeah, she explained to them um, what it is. And that's really common with permissioning. You're just, you know, you drop into that state. So it, it works on um, taking you out the mind into the body and putting you in a calm enough state that you can actually begin to um, work with the mind.
1: Yeah. It's powerful, and you were kind enough to do it with me, to help me with a few things that I've been working on. And I've been using it for, must be coming up to eight weeks now. And it's powerful, it is. And what I actually do now, it's part of my, my daily meditation process, practice Mm. so that's the first thing I do now instead of my um mantra meditation being first that's first because that gets me into that peaceful state I'll give an example of what it's done for me so the first the thing that you actually said to me you wanted it to help me with was Braxton's eating and you know this so-called feeding disorder and my stress about it feeling like he wasn't getting enough nutrients because he's not eating the right foods. So I've been doing the permissioning and transformation and what has happened, Braxton hasn't started miraculously eating vegetables. He is eating more food and his appetite is increasing, which I think can only be a good thing and will hopefully mean that at some point he will start eating good foods but it's also opened up doors and things with me to change my attitude towards it. For example, I was then put on the path of Alex, who we've also had on this season, um, the human design reader, and human design for children, to help parents know how to navigate their children based on their own unique design. And She was put on my path directly at that time and explained to me that based on Braxton's chart, his health is not directly impacted by his physical food nutrition. We are all impacted, you know, some of us will be directly impacted by nutrition. Some of us will, our mood and, you know, our brain will affect our immune system more. Some of us it will be the environment. And I'm a big believer in this and always have been just by me hearing that, gave me the permission to sit back and say, right, okay, I'm just going to let him get on with it. And I feel better and I feel calmer, you know, and he's calmer because I'm not driving him mad. And so that's one of the examples of, I think, what it's done for me. It's opening doors and it's powerful for many other ways um, in terms of what it's doing for my meditation practice because it really helps me get into a deeper meditative state and not that that's always my intention with meditation but it does do that. (laughs) Actually the other night Vida wouldn't sleep she's going through a bit of separation anxiety and she's never done this before when I put her down in her cot for a few days she just wouldn't let me leave and she wanted me to sit so I sat down next to her cot and she said hold hand mummy so I was holding her hand through the bars and it bars I hate saying that it sounds like a <laughs> cage doesn't it but and I was sat on the floor and she was falling asleep but she wouldn't let go of my hand so I thought well oh, this is a great opportunity to sit here and do my permissioning <laughs> so I did and it was great and so I wasn't annoyed about oh, I've got to get up and I've got to do this because I was just sitting there feeling peaceful amazing so it is it is a great modality I love it and I you know I need to learn more about it for sure I need to do one of the workshops
0: Well, definitely. One of the things that we're about to, in in a couple of months, or maybe earlier, uh, release is a a sleep workshop. Mm. Because we didn't know, well, Kay knew, I didn't know when we started teaching it, that an amazing side effect is that it relaxes people into a state of sleep Mm. really quickly and really easily. Mm. And so we've developed one. And then I started working with people uh, with sleep issues we are having incredible results with it. And so I'm doing a bespoke workshop for sleep.
1: Wow. Oh. Which will be... I think a lot of people listening to this will be interested in that because I get so many people contacting me, you know, I've got insomnia, I can't sleep, really and common. what do I do? Yeah.
0: Honestly, the, in day one of the first workshop, I had somebody who started using the permissions who had to literally lay on the floor because he became so sleepy. I, I called Kay, I said, there's someone half asleep in the workshop. He went, oh, I should have warned you. <laughs> um, oh, because it relaxes the mind so much yeah. that people literally, who haven't experienced that depth of relaxation for that long, all their body wants to do is sleep to heal. And so, so yeah it's 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 a brilliant thing it's the body's intelligence saying yeah you finally let go of the mind you know you've let go you've created space you haven't slept for so long now now you need to sleep Great. and so we've created so we did a trial pilot workshop where I worked with a few people with serious sleep issues and we had some incredible incredible uh, results really? so yeah we're going to wow we're going to create the sleep okay. obviously
1: we'll put all your details in the show notes so people know about that you touched on before working with nurses on the front line and helping them with fear um i'd like for you to talk about that because when i'm having a bad day you're the first person i contact
0: that's so nice
1: and you bring me back down and you give me some advice that helps me um realign my energies Um, Let's talk about fear and what it does and why we need to regulate our fear, especially at the moment. I know people listening to this, you know, whatever, wherever you stand, whatever your stance is with what's going on at the moment and everyone is standing somewhere else with it, Hmm. there is fear. For whatever reason that fear is, whether your fear is of catching the virus, whether your fear is of you know, our freedom is being taken away or your fear is of wearing a mask or your fear is people around you who aren't wearing masks. There is fear everywhere.
0: Yeah, and it's, it is everywhere and it's a very overpowering emotion and it's something we all experience in different ways at different times over different things. As you said, it can be, my fear could be the complete opposite of your fear, you know. Um, and fear is irrational as well it can be very irrational and it can really be very paralyzing for everyone so having the ability to release fear frees up so much energy in the body it really does and that's something that whether it's and it applies to everything the the women that get in touch about fear of of being induced before birth Mm. you know that their fear i would say that probably people's biggest fears that i've worked with would be that type of fear even bigger than than uh, than some of the fears that you've mentioned mm. and um being having it gets stuck and giving it somewhere to go right and Making to release to move it is what creates the space for a new perspective because one thing that Kay's taught me over the years is everything is just perspective. Yes. It, it is just that. perspective. Yeah. It's so perception true. and perspective. And as soon as... And we ha, we hold on to our perspectives, whether it's fear or, or whatever. We hold on to them with for dear life. You know, it's yeah. as if it's the only way and the only truth. And as soon as you give it somewhere to go, and we've got specific techniques in the permissioning for that, and give it somewhere to move to... You create a glimpse of space, which allows a new perspective to come in, that it could be a different way. Because we're so used to, it's like we drive the same route to the supermarket every day. You know, you just drive the same route. You wouldn't even think, unless you put the sat-nav on, it takes you a different way. You wouldn't even think of changing the route, because that's the route. It's the same with our thoughts. They will always take the same route unless you give them permission or a signal to take another route. And as soon as you do, the mind is smarter than we give it credit for. It will. If you give it an easier way, it will. But we have to give it that signal or that permission to do that. There is another way to think about this. And all of us, whether it's holistic lifestyle or totally not a holistic lifestyle, we're, we're just so used to thinking the same yeah. way. And so with fear, having... The ability to just create even a tiny bit of space to see something a little bit differently frees you up. And, and what, it,
1: what happens then when you're freed from that? What is the difference?
0: Everything. Uh, first of all, you it's like so much energy has been used to feel fear that you're taking energy away from other stuff that needs mm. to happen in the mind and the body. Mm. Same with anger. Yeah. Um, and when you express it or allow it to move then you free up all this energy in the body and mind to attend to things that actually do need processing. So you have more physical energy, much more physical energy, um, much more happiness. Everything is lighter. Because when we're so tired and we're so weighted, other than um, from lack of sleep and lack of sleep... And, you know i'm not talking about if you have a new baby or a child but generally lack of sleep it's caused by the mind holding on so tightly it won't let you relax Mm. it doesn't even feel safe to yeah so it's keeping you awake not as a mistake as a as a fight or flight response to be alert to threats to fear so having the ability to release that fearful energy allows you to sleep better allows you to think more clearly it's it's everything. I'd say it's...
1: And the immune system, you know. hundred percent. I know Tony Robbins talks about this, all these guys, you
0: know. Yeah, and it's something we all are exposed to. None of us are immune to, to feeling fear. It's oh, yeah. it's an innate thing. It's just having the ability to um, not let it completely... To catch yourself Yeah. when it starts to rise up bigger than, you know, feeling great. Mm. So...
1: I know it's been a massive deal for me with this trigeminal neuralgia. I realised that my biggest issue with it was the fear. The Mm. fear of it coming back, the fear of it being here, the fear of, oh my God, is this my life now? Is this going to be it forever? And that's what I've been working on more than anything, not focusing on so much on the pain, but focusing on moving the fear out of myself Mm. because it's not going to help. It's not going to help me.
0: No, definitely, and you're spot on with that. It's such a powerful emotion.
1: Yeah. You do a lot of charity work and you work with a lot of charities with what you do. Um, I'd like to know more about
0: that. So, one of the greatest pleasures, I love working, well, anyone that, you know, wants to learn or or listen or at whatever level, I'm, you know, charitable organisations I love to help and work with. So, for example, I also teach mindfulness and I had this, this amazing experience a few years ago. I was invited to uh, somebody who attended a quantum touch workshop, was a physiotherapist for um, people in parliament and some very high profile people. And she was a member of the College of Medicine and she invited me along uh, for a like a convention type event. And so at the end of the day, and I'd heard all these amazing speakers, incredible speakers, who had spoken about bringing in alternative and holistic health to um, hospitals. And there were some very, very prominent doctors there who really, really want to see East and West complement each other. And at the end of the day, I just went up to this amazing man. He's not, unfortunately, uh, alive anymore, Professor Aidan Halligan, who was... um, he was head of obstet- obstetrics at UCH and also on the board. Um, and I thanked him for the most inspiring talk that he had given. And he said, oh, what do you do? And I think he, I thought, gosh, he thinks I'm a doctor or something. I said, oh, I teach uh, quantum touch energy healing. And he said, oh, do give me your card. And so I gave it to him. And the next day I was completely blown away. He'd emailed me wow. and said, so lovely to, to meet you and um, had a look at what you do. I, I work with uh, a charity. He basically started this incredible charity um, for homeless people in London, having seen so many outside of UCH, yeah. who needed healthcare and had so many needs that were not being met. And so he started up um, an incredible charity and called Pathway. And he wanted me to to come in and link. And so I connected with them, who they then connected me to Groundswell, who would uh, do a huge amount of work with homeless people in London. And I went down to Groundswell and I met the CEO and and he was so open. And the amazing thing about that charity is all the people that work there, or most of them, have once been homeless. And so there's a very, very strong energy going on there. And it was unlike any group I had ever worked with before, to be honest, because we, we were coming from completely different pages and I felt so humbled to be in their presence. I mean, they're I can learn from them a huge amount, you know, more than they can learn from me about resilience, having lived on the streets and the things that they had been through. And so the CEO at that charity invited me to do mindfulness courses with them and teach them about well-being and, um, you know, a lot of the things that I do. And so I did, over a period of a few weeks, work with them. I had to really gain their trust. Um, and I thought they were incredible. And I what I thought was, wow, how amazing that you've got all this going on. There's so much going on in London yeah. that is bringing all of these skills to the forefront that we just don't know about Mm. and it was it was really amazing to work with them and then um so I've worked with uh, charities like them and also um recently did through the COVID situation obviously we've got much more access to people who are in you know all over the world and different places and so um I've taught uh, some women who are working out in Guyana, working with uh, children's charities and teaching them meditation skills to then teach out there. Yeah. Um, taught this uh, working with the staff at Trust for Developing Communities in Brighton, who do some amazing work with all kinds of um, different groups of people who need help and recently I, I launched a meditation app and so now that app is being used by different charities different groups wow. um the aging well project that they're doing that they're using with older people from that to and that's one thing that hugely excites me is i've put the meditations onto a phone line so that older people who don't have a smartphone can dial in and listen to the meditations
1: wow, that's
0: so innovative so i'm so excited about that because i i i don't like the thought of people being excluded just because they don't have the right technology yeah, i
1: so agree with that
0: yeah and and older people at the moment who are in their homes and and they're isolated and you know and they don't have the technology like we do to just switch on an app or whatever so yeah so there's that going on and i'm always happy to to help and work with any charity mm-hmm. that uh you know that's that that
1: asks i love that about you do you think then that east and West are meeting and that we are coming into are we shifting a bit because sometimes when you look at it you can feel that there is a shift happening and med- modern medicine sometimes does merge really well with complementary therapies the alternative modalities i don't like to call them alternative um but other times it feels like that's not happening at all. What's your experience of it, do you think?
0: Both are correct. Yeah,
1: perspective again,
0: yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, you go to the College of Medicine and you see doctors to the royal family standing there giving talks about how wonderful holistic
1: medicine is. Well, the royal family are treated first and foremost with homeopathy before they do t- That's their first port of call. Right. And they always have been. I always say that to people when they use things like homeopathy as a last resort. Why do we think the royal family, who probably have access to the most honest, truthful, accurate information in the world, (laughs) would choose that if there wasn't something to it?
0: I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the doctors that I've met at my workshops are open. And you know what I think? I think it's the more confident people with less ego, are open.
1: Mm. So true. Yeah, I've noticed that with doctors in my own life.
0: Yeah. Um, because it, if you are so assured with yourself yeah. and where you are at your level professionally yeah. and you come in with humility and you don't think you know everything, mm. then of course you're open. Mm. And even if you then learn it and say, actually, I don't believe in it, it's not for me. At least you were open enough to experience something new yeah. and i think both are correct you've got lo- lots of of healthcare professionals who are who are really really exploring um alternative health or ma- or complementary th- i don't actually i don't even like to call them complementary therapies know, therapies yeah, modalities or healing modalities, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you've got lots who aren't i'm not exposed to the ones who are not Yes. So I don't know. Right, I
1: am. And my experience of it has been that, on the whole, I don't want to generalise, but on the whole, in my experience, the older healthcare professionals are much more open. Agree. Because I think, and again, this is from my own experience, when doctors come out of medical school, they're excited about all the things they've learnt from medical school, and that's a very specific system in place with specific institutions at the top filtering down to what these students are being taught. And they're not being taught anything outside of that. So they're assuming that what they're being taught is the way it is. But then they kind of go through their careers and experience happens, life happens, and they see things happen that are anomalies time and time again, and people's healing experiences and things that are seem to be impossible when they're at medical school happen later down the line and they see miracles so-called miracles and they open their minds a bit more so in my experience it's always been the older healthcare professionals that have been more open to my way of doing things especially and to hearing about new things. 100% I mean
0: in a couple of months ago I taught a quantum touch level one workshop attended by various people one of which was a 60 year old professor of oncology from india who was in charge of oncology department in his hospital and i said to him what brings you to this workshop and he said this is nothing new for me wow you know he he said there are many things i cannot explain and he said i don't see this is not so out there you know the the mind and the body are connected
1: i think in india that is it's more accepted you know in India people do go see homeopath, homeopaths mm. or use Ayurveda before yeah. you know it's, western modalities
0: I think it just needs to be more talked about so it's yeah. so people don't feel it's a, a private thing but because truth is I'm not really exposed to I, and I and that's very um, I made a decision when I started teaching influenced by my my cousin she said and she's not into anything that i'm into and she said to me when i first qualified as a quantum touch teacher she said you know what from the side and from someone who's not into um healing and things if i were you i wouldn't try to explain it to anybody until you're really confident because they will knock your confidence and it was such an amazing piece of advice which i kind of took very seriously because i still don't i've never exposed myself to groups of people i've never wanted to or tried to Mm. um convince anybody of anything simply because i would find that quite tiring Mm. and i don't have the need to i'm not trying to sell a concept it works if you want to find out more here i am yeah and that has served me well so i've never really exposed myself to any negativity or doctors or people who don't believe because I've got no interest in trying to convince anyone of anything.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I... I guess
1: it's harder when you're in it in terms of... I've been to doctors who saw me in a wheelchair and then see me putting my leg over my head and oh, it must be a coincidence, you know, and that's infuriating. And then, but you don't have the option but to sit there and go, but it's not coincidence, mm. you know, because you want to tell them all these things. Like, it didn't come out of thin air. I worked bloody hard. And these are the things mm. I did. And hey, it works. Maybe tell some of your other patients you know so it can get
0: a bit exhausting. Yeah I I think the the only time I was ever challenged was uh, publicly was I was somebody who came to a workshop invited me to their workplace to give a talk on wellness week at the British government department of energy and climate change. Wow. So I I rocked up and I thought this is going to be uh this is going to be great what an interesting crowd and I'd say 80% of the room were really intrigued and interested and there was one guy who put up his hand and he, and he, he said, prove to me it works, you know, and I right. thought, oh great, here we go and so I thought to myself, well, no, <laughs> so I said, I'm not trying to prove to you it works, uh, you know, if you're interested, we you're welcome to come learn or have a session, whatever, but... You know, I, I'm not here to sell you something. I I'm not here. That, yeah. I, I have. You know, doesn't serve me or you. I'm not here to try and convince you of anything. I'm simply sharing uh, something with you that you may or may not wish. And he was so you taken aback by that. And that I I really remain quite strong in my approach of yeah. I, you can come to me and learn or to anyone and learn. But when we try to convince others that their way is wrong, all we're met with is resistance. Yeah. You know, it's...
1: You've been a great teacher for me with that lesson. That has definitely been something you've imparted upon me.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> we are running out of time. Okay. Um, but before we end, I always end uh, with a little segment called All About You, so the listeners can get to know you a little bit. So it's just five questions in quick succession. If you could offer one piece of advice to help people manage their daily lives and be happier, what would it be? Meditate. Good one. (laughs) The self-growth book that's had the most profound effect on you?
0: It was a book about gratitude um, called Garden of Gratitude. And this was many years ago. This was when my dad was first diagnosed and it it, uh, showed me how to find gratitude in anything
1: lovely one thing from your daily self-care ritual that's non-negotiable
0: meditation (laughs)
1: Um, (laughs) all right and a bit of fun to end if lockdown was to happen again and you were stuck indoors there was no work no tv but you could learn one skill and read one book what would they be
0: the skill I would learn would be gardening and growing my own vegetables because at the moment okay. Simon uh, is in charge of it and I just eat them.
1: <laughs> <And I laughs> always like a good deal to me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to be able to do what he can do. Yeah.
1: And the book?
0: I would read Spiritual Nutrition Ooh. by Dr. Gabriel Cousins, which, is, which I've had on my shelf for at least 10 years. Ah. But it is so thick <laughs>
1: You know, intimidating. It is an
0: intimidating size full of an amazing amount of knowledge.
1: Amazing. Just very quickly then, where can people find you? Uh, quickly talk us through your app okay. and where everything can be found and if people want to get in touch with you and come on your workshops or book a session.
0: Okay, so I have two websites, karinagrant.co.uk or haichi-life.com um where you can see all the courses and everything that I do. And um there's a meditation app, a mindfulness app, which is uh being used in various workplaces at the moment, which and is And
1: it's so lovely and there are so many apps out there, but honestly please use Hai Chi, it's so beautiful.
0: Thank you. Um and that is if you type in Hai Chi Life Mindfulness, it will come up
1: thank you so much thank you my first um in-person recording for a long time Yay! and uh it's been lovely and also difficult because as I always say to you the energy field around you is so strong <laughs> I find it hard to look directly at you so I have to keep looking away because you are this energetic force um mm. and it's amazing because your energy just i just feel it and i come out of a room with you and i feel empowered and ready to start my day so thank That's so you sweet. Thank for you. being here and for offering all your wisdom and your energy and your
0: loveliness thank you thank you so much it's amazing
1: The Recondition podcast is proud to support Solace Women's Aid, who support survivors of domestic abuse and sexual violence, working with over 27,000 people each year to build safe lives and strong futures.